Hello! Welcome to the Arts and Learning Conservatory monthly masterclass series, where we invite industry professionals to share their knowledge and make artistic learning more accessible. If you'd like to learn more or sign up to join our next masterclass live, please visit us at artsandlearning.org. into being around there uh, and auditioning. And I garnered a sort of a New York, primarily musical theater agency through UCLA's showcase at the end that happens at the end of our senior year. Um, and so I was, you know, felt prepared and ready to jump into uh, the professional world in New York um, with that agency. And uh, again, just being prepared for whatever auditions would come. Uh, and that led to uh, a production, a new production uh, called Superhero with Tom Kitt, uh, who wrote the music. Uh, directing was Jason Moore. And um, it was a crazy team, a, a crazy production. I mean, it, if you guys know, uh, Next to Normal um, was written by Tom Kitt as well. Uh, and I mean, he's worked on a number of things. Uh, and so just to, again, this, iconic sort of composer that I've looked up to for a while to be my first professional New York experience uh, was very exciting. Uh, and yes, yeah, so we did that off Broadway at, um, at Second Stage Theater in New York and didn't have a large part, but again, I was just so excited to be there and be working. And again, this was one of my first auditions uh, upon getting to New York. Uh, so it was really just amazing to be able to jump right in. Uh, and I was very fortunate for that, which then slowly but surely led into um, sort of my most recent project, which was Anastasia. Um, and that we did, I don't know, raise a hand uh, if you've seen uh, it at the Seegerstrom. Did you come to the Seegerstrom or anywhere else in the world or the Pantages obviously was super close there. Um, yeah, I uh, had a great time doing that. And I'll talk more about that later. But um, but I wanted to jump into talking about, um, you know, being in L.A. for those four years, I was able to sort of integrate myself into that world. And especially growing up here, I grew up and I was thinking about like, oh, wow, like L.A., like Los Angeles, Hollywood, like it was a dream to me, truly. And I had only images of what it looked like in my mind. And uh, I was always so excited to eventually go over there. And my first introduction to Los Angeles as a city was um, my sophomore year of high school. I did a summer theater program at UCLA. Um, it's called Sappy now. I totally also recommend it for anyone in high school currently. Um, because it is a great um, program and sort of, again, just got me prepared for um, college auditions, namely also, and just, again, just more training and uh, getting more, you know, knowledge in there in terms of acting. Uh, but it was a great program. And that was sort of my first introduction to college, I mean, pre-college, but uh, UCLA as a university and also just Los Angeles. Uh, and I truly wasn't disappointed. And it was uh, a dream to sort of see that uh, in its in its glory growing up here uh, in New York, uh, finally to get to see it. Um, but 
Yeah, so I want to talk about sort of what I learned and picked up on while uh, being in Los Angeles and sort of the opportunities to um, to sort of take uh, advantage of uh, as a theater performer in, or, you know, again, not even just a performer, they hire all, you know, sorts of uh, theater artists. So um, I'm going to start with sort of like the, the big, the big boys in terms of, I mean, there's, there's theaters in Los Angeles, namely there's the center theater group, which is a great group. Um, some of you might've heard of it, um, but it's a series of three theaters. Um, one being the Amundsen, the Mark uh, Taper Forum and the Kurt Douglas theater. Um, I also have this all out in writing. I can also type it up and sort of maybe send something to Tammy if that's, uh, if people want some of this later on. But, um, the Amundsen is a, typically a tour theater. So that's where the tours will come through as well as the Segerstrom, uh, the Pantages, and, uh, if we're going down to San Diego, the Civic Center, um, but those are sort of the larger tour theaters, um, in Los Angeles. Um, sometimes they'll do new works, but, um, it's not always, um, typical. It'll, it'll typically be the tours that come through there. But at the, in terms of the center theater group at the Mark Taper and the Kurt Douglas, they'll do a lot of new theater works there. And I was um, fortunate to audition for some uh, pieces that were either going to one of those theaters um, or gonna be a part of those um, theaters. And that's really exciting to be involved in new works like that, because again, they are typically these New York based or even Los Angeles based creative teams that are um, working on new musicals, again, potentially for um, Broadway, you know, tryouts. And that brings me to another sort of um, cool thing is that a lot of these theaters will try out Broadway shows and they're called um, out-of-town tryouts. Um, and with those, they are very exciting because it's, again, where these new pieces by these sort of well-known or up-and-coming teams, creative teams, can workshop their shows and work on their shows. And to be a part of that is, I think, very exciting and very um, cool because you're creating these characters. And, uh, and that's, I mean, something very exciting that I got to do, particularly in Superhero, was create this character of Dwayne that I played. Um, and I think that's very enriching and uh you know exciting to get to do as an actor because you get to make the choices of what this person you know how this person sounds how this person walks how this person talks and all these things um and as an actor that's really exciting to get to do as opposed to i mean a role like dimitri naturally in um anastasia that i played um I'm creating a character that was already created. Um, and, you know, there's uh, an extent to which that as an actor, you want to bring yourself and uh, your interpretation of the character to the stage so that you're breathing your life into it. But um, at the same rate, uh, there is sort of a set out literally on paper. And again, I'll get, you know, more on that later, but uh, literally on paper, a mapped out, like, this is what the character is, and this is how it, um, you know, uh, walks, talks, and all those things. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, and also even going off of, I mean, I'm sure you guys know the, um, the movie, the animation film, uh, that was again, another instance, obviously a animated one, but where I, you know, was another means to draw off of the character and to create the character. But, um, Back to LA theater opportunities. So yeah, but out of town tryouts are a big thing and are really exciting to be a part of. Um, and a lot of that time they'll cast out of um, Los Angeles and New York for, um, for out of town tryouts. Uh, Cause again, and I think it's almost more exciting to be a part of those because then at the same rate, you will then possibly be included in when this show goes to Broadway, because at, the time that they're creating this and creating these characters, if they love your interpretation, your energy, your whatever that you bring to this character, then why wouldn't they want, you know, you to come to Broadway? And so even, you know, as a professional actor nowadays, I um, try to and encourage uh, my agents to submit me for, um, you know, out of town tryouts, even if they're um, all the way in Los Angeles, uh, there's ones in Boston. I mean, for example, um, the uh, Anastasia was originally, it's out of town, out of town tryout happened in um, Hartford, Connecticut. And it started at the Hartford stage and then, um, and then went to Broadway after that. Um, and a part of that out of town tryout was namely, I mean, Derek Klenna, um, and I believe Christy was involved too. Um, so they went straight from that out of town tryout to the Broadway cast. Obviously Derek Klenna had more, um, credits at, you know, even in his career prior at that point, but, um, Christy did not have that many. Uh, so it was exciting that again, she got to really jump into the, uh, Broadway show as again, the title character. Um, other out-of-town tryout theaters um, in that I've seen a lot of or do a lot of out-of-town tryouts in Los Angeles are La Jolla Playhouse down in San Diego and uh, the Old Globe as well. Um, they're another two big ones. There are probably other ones that I'm missing, uh, but those seem to, again, do a lot of new works, typically more high-profile um, out-of-town tryouts for uh, Broadway. To talk more about out-of-town tryouts, it's trying it out for Broadway because they're in smaller theaters um, and they like to, producers and creative teams like to see um, how the show fares in smaller theaters um, and you know, does it do well? And again, also is a part of the development process um, creatively uh, for the project. Um, but, but a lot of it is like saying, okay, can this actually, you know, hang on Broadway? It's, it's hard to, to hang on Broadway, mostly because, uh, you know, it's very hard to stay in these theaters and to, I don't know if you guys just saw today, but, um, I mean, granted we're in the pandemic, but, uh, Mean Girls will no longer be returning to, uh, Broadway, um, which is sad. Another one bites the dust, but, um, but they will still have the tour company, um, be going probably to the Seekerstrom and to the Pantages and such. Um, but those are sort of the larger theaters. There are some other larger ones. Um, but I have a bunch of also like, just like well-known regionals, uh, regional theaters, which again, put on fantastic productions, but they're a little more like 
smaller base, smaller theaters, um, and are, you know, great for high school and, um, you know, even younger actors to get started in uh, the Los Angeles theater scene. Um, but some of those are Laguna Playhouse, um, Pasadena Playhouse, uh, the Geffen, which is right, the Geffen Playhouse, which is right actually by UCLA's campus. Um, I saw a bunch of amazing shows there um, when I was at school at UCLA. Um, and that's just a really fun theater. Um, La Mirada, La Mirada puts on fantastic productions. Um, 3D Theatricals, um, which is, it was formerly, I believe, the um, the Cerritos Performing Arts Center, um, or I guess that's just the theater that they perform at. Um, and Musical Theater West is a great product uh, company. Um, and then Five Star Theatricals. Um, these are ones that I just had a bunch of friends during college do a bunch of shows at. Um, and some of my friends who grew up in the Los Angeles area um, did a lot of these theaters as well um, in high school and prior. Um, oh, two more, Candlelight Theater and Moonlight Theater. Candlelight Theater is actually a dinner theater, which is super fun. Um, and anything you know more intimate like that i think is always exciting um i'm a big proponent of immersive theater um and uh you know space specific theater um it's it's really cool stuff and there's a lot of emerging uh you know groups in los angeles particularly that are doing a bunch of cool immersive stuff um but yeah like dinner theater and again these this is a a short list of theaters in Los Angeles and in, you know, San Diego uh, or, you know, Northern California. Um, I don't know a lot of the ones up North um, towards San Francisco and stuff like that, but there are obviously so many more. Um, but I encourage you to like do your research in terms of finding your local um, theaters and what uh, they're doing. Obviously, there's not a lot of theater right now. Um, and uh, I sort of should have started with that and like sort of saying like, hey, guys, like we're all in this together. Like, I'm glad that we can do things like this um, where we can even, you know, connect and talk about theater because, you know, it's been a minute. Um, you know, I haven't been doing much either uh, in, in sort of, you know, coming out of being on tour with Anastasia. Um, it's, it's definitely a hard time for all of us. But I mean, Ratatouille the Musical, who watched? Raise your hands uh, if you watched. I watched it. Uh, Ratatouille was uh, very exciting. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, just cool that, again, like we can still come together during this time to uh, create theater. Um, that's sort of the theater realm. Obviously, Los Angeles has film and TV. Um, and, you know, that was something particularly when I was coming to, you know, UCLA, I was like, I want to integrate myself into that world too. And I, you know, did some TV spots um, while I was in Los Angeles um, there for school. Again, I really tried to focus on school and not um, the outside world just yet. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just to name just the studios again this is like i think common knowledge in los angeles but uh but maybe it isn't um but the big five studios that you'll really see in los angeles that again put out 
the majority of the, you know, TV shows that you know and love are, you know, Columbia slash Sony Pictures. Uh, you have 20th Century Fox, Universal Studios, Warner Brothers, and Paramount. Um, there are so many others. And even nowadays, again, like with the streaming services, like you have Netflix, uh, Amazon Studios. I got a audition today for an Amazon Studios series. Um, and it really just comes up um, a new a new production company every day, you know? So there are so many different people putting out um, content. Um, and I think the beautiful thing about Los Angeles is that there's so many people involved in the industry that, I mean, nowadays as sort of, you know, an adult, I put that in quotations because what I'm 24, I still feel young. Um, and, but, uh, but even nowadays it's like my friends are just all kind of involved in it. And we're like, Hey, uh, you wrote a script today. Oh yeah. I can direct and I'll act in it. And you know, it's kind of, you just bring your friends together. And I really encourage you even as, you know, young artists to just bring your friends together and make content and things like, you know, TikTok and YouTube and, um, all these things where you can put out content and get it seen, um, even without being, you know, signed to a production company or um, having a formal director or anything like that. Um, so I really encourage um, you guys to do that. Um, but I'm going to segue into, uh, <laughs> it's a hard segue, but uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to segue into Anastasia now and sort of just talk about tour a little bit and what, a national tour entails and what it is like. Um, but again, if anyone has any more questions about, I have my little notes here. Uh, uh, if anyone has more questions about like Los Angeles theater and stuff like that, or just Los Angeles entertainment industry and stuff like that, I'm going to leave a little time at the end for questions and such. But um, Anastasia, it was super fun and super exciting. Again, my sort of first, big ex professional experience. I played leads in, in college and high school and, you know, regionally hundred percent. Um, but, but this was sort of a big sort of beat change into the professional world of performing. I don't know. And, uh, I don't know to talk about, let's say, Oh, let's talk about the Broadway versus tour for a second. Um, which there are obviously differences. Broadway is obviously typically in New York. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time obviously doesn't involve moving. And uh, the big thing, I think the big difference with tour is we're doing the same schedule, which is the eight shows a week. Um, but we also will travel in that, um, you know, time, which is, I, I think, if anything, more of a, a grueling um, Schedule. I, I think, you know, I got a little bit of the taste of a Broadway schedule, even though I was doing an off-Broadway show in New York. Um, we still did the eight shows a week um, and I didn't have a huge part. So at the same rate, it was just like, I got a taste of that schedule, but I wasn't necessarily tired out by it just because I wasn't doing a, a grand amount in the show. But I can only imagine doing a show like Les Mis or, you know, Dear Evan Hansen uh, and, you know, doing that eight shows a week. And um, it, it's definitely more grueling. But uh, but having the sort of part that I did at, in Anastasia, it, it was really interesting to learn 
that. And I think it's, it's one thing that they don't necessarily teach in college or before college. Um, and I think it's very important to know is that it is, it's, a schedule and it's it's very hard because I think the longest runs that you know I maybe did prior to Anastasia was a couple weeks and and I feel like that's what sh how shows typically run when it comes to high school college and regional theaters um, and you're not doing the eight shows a week and I think again it's something that you have to be prepared for and um, and also just take care of yourself. And I talk a little bit about that um, as well, but, um, but I'm gonna talk about the audition process real quick. The audition process in New York um, and what it's like to audition for like a Broadway national tour um, or again, a Broadway show for that matter, because basically the same. Um, for replacements like this, um, and I was, you know, cause I was replacing Dimitri before me, it was Stephen Brower um, and in, the, in replacing, it's definitely a similar process of auditioning, but there are probably less rounds. When you're originating a um, new musical, particularly, um, there would be a lot of sort of callbacks and uh, doing more material, learning more material and stuff like that for superhero, namely, um, I had to learn a lot of the material because I was also, even though I played a small role, I was covering the lead of the show. And, uh, so I had to do all this material and sort of, again, develop this character under my interpretation. So there was a series of callbacks um, in order for the casting director and creative team to get to know me. Um, but for Anastasia, it basically starts out um, typically with just the casting director, which um, at this point was uh, Telsey and Co. Telsey and Co. Write that down, put it on your refrigerator. They are a very big casting company for musical theater in New York and Los Angeles um, and film and TV. They really are just a great um, casting agency, but they do that. Um, they do a lot of the Broadway shows in New York uh, being also Anastasia. And so First round is typically just the casting director. Um, any round after that, they will slowly but surely start inviting team members, creative team members, which will include the composers, uh, the director, um, anyone involved in the creative aspects as opposed to the production side. Production side is a different team. Um, they are basically the money of the show. Um, and don't necessarily have too much creative input depending on their contracts, but um, <laughs> they have creative input into the show. But essentially there was a series of two rounds for me. I uh, was surprised in my first round of the show of, of my audition was uh, I was Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens were there um, and which are the original composers of the show. Um, so that was wild to me. Uh, and cause I really didn't think they would be there for that first initial, um, audition. But after that, the second audition, um, the callback, uh, had Darko at it, who was the original director. And I think what was really exciting in that, uh, it being a replacement, particularly, um, after the show has already had a life, especially on Broadway and on, for a year on tour, um, to see the original creatives of the show and still, you know, them being involved in the uh, casting process. Because I think nowadays, particularly for shows like Wicked, um, Phantom of the Opera, 
these are teams and creative teams that have been around for years. Um, the odds of seeing um, Steven uh, in my audition for um, Wicked um, is very slim. You know, I don't think I'm going to see the original composers or the original directors uh, just because uh, Wicked's been around for a long time and typically it will be associate teams, associate directors, associate composers and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was just a quick two rounds and uh, I got a call about a week later that I had um, booked the show and that was very exciting. Um, and leading up to that, it was definitely scary because I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm sort of on the younger end and the youngest Dimitri to jump in. And, um, and in a replacement, typically you have by equity standards about a two week rehearsal process. And I don't know about you guys, but I was used to like a month of rehearsals and stuff like that. Uh, you know, with my high school productions, my college productions and stuff like that. So I'm thinking two weeks. Oh no. I, you know, and <laughs> it was definitely nerve wracking. So, um, obviously it, what comes into that is preparation. You, I was given the material before, um, hilariously enough, I was actually given the wrong material. I was apparently given the wrong script, um, version of the script before I, um, got to the show. And so I had learned that one. And then I got there and I'm saying lines that didn't exist anymore um, in the rehearsal process. And uh, we had to figure that out. But um, nevertheless, I had about a month or two before I actually joined the tour in San Francisco um, for my the beginning of my two week rehearsal process. And uh, and yeah, I just learned, again, the script and all the songs to the best of my ability. Um, they obviously sent me anything I needed in order to do that, but a lot of it was self work. Um, and I thankfully had a friend cause I don't really play the piano. So I had a friend with me that summer that was able to, uh, really, uh, run through the songs with me and such before I, um, left for San Francisco. But, um, it was a quick two weeks again of just working with, uh, the original director, um, and the associate director, on building this character. Um, part of replacements also is that you get one put-in rehearsal. A put-in rehearsal is a one rehearsal where you do the show and <laughs> on a stage with the costumes and with everything. Uh, everything else, a part of my rehearsal was in a rehearsal room in a studio, uh, you know, just running lines with the associate director and um, I mean, Lila Coogan, who was playing Anastasia um, and uh, Ed Sotomayor, who was playing uh, Vlad. I had about one or two rehearsals with them physically um, in the studio. Um, because again, keep in mind, they were also doing the show every day. So uh, equity laws, they were only allowed to, also equity is the, I should say this, um, equity is the Broadway union um, uh, essentially, um, it's basically just a, un a work union that actors are a part of. And, uh, depending on if a show is non-equity or equity, uh, depends on these laws that they have to follow. Um, more on that later. Um, maybe not, but, uh, there's, there's so much you can go into on equity, but, uh, but, but yeah, I had about one or two rehearsals with, um, Lila and Ed and then had my one put in rehearsal in San Diego which was week two of my rehearsal process. 
And then boy, oh boy, did I think I was going to, I did not know I was going to open originally at the Pantages um, in Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, they told me obviously weeks in advance that that was going to be the thing, but I would have never dreamed that it would be that um, upon booking it. Uh, but that was very exciting. Uh, Pantages, Pantages, obviously, obviously, just obviously um, while I was at school Um and just knowing the history of this, you know, large, beautiful theater in the center of Hollywood, like it really was um, really special. Um, but at the same rate, scary. And I think, you know, that's something that I think gets overlooked a lot of the time. It's like you'll have you'll be in Zooms such as this with other professional actors. Yeah, I like to believe I'm a professional actor. But again, I'm a theater student still. I'm a, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm still figuring things out just as I'm sure all of you are. And, um, and it's okay to, I don't know, be scared. I was definitely nervous. It was funny. We were doing, um, we were doing interviews the day before. There was a lot of, a lot of press for the opening of Los Angeles because it was also technically the opening of year two of the tour. And, um, and I'm, we're just, I'm waiting my turn to do a press, you know, thing on camera. And, um, and Lynn Ahrens is also there doing, cause they came to the, see the show. So Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty were there and the whole original creative team of everyone of all these shows that they wrote growing that when I grow, you know, grew up, I was like looking up to them. And uh, again, iconic idols in the musical theater world. Um, I mean, Once on this Island, uh, Ragtime, truly so many uh, musicals came out of these beautiful individuals. Lynn Ahrens is over there standing. I'm waiting my turn for my little interview. And uh, Lynn comes over and she goes, Jake, you look very calm for tonight. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm ready. I think, I don't know. Like, um, you know, obviously we, I, I was prepared. I was as prepared as I was going to be. And I think that's as much as you can do. And you have to give yourself permission to shine. And I think, that's, you know, a hard thing for a lot of performers is to be able to give themselves the permission to, um, to, to take, to seize their moment and, and to, again, do the best that they can do. And that's all you can do. Um, I mean, my mom will say that time and time again, is that, you know, she's here today. So, um, you know, it's like, you just have to do the best that you can do. And part of that is again, preparation and being, um, prepared when the moment comes, when you book you know, Anastasia national tour and the openings in Los Angeles at the Pantages. So that's what I can offer there. Um, what else? I have my little notes just to check in. Oh, and again, don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, I feel like that's a, a big thing that will help you grow and learn. I, you know, I, what I did Pippin in, I played Pippin in Pippin in, in college and, um, you know, I look back on it and it was great production. And we did again, like a week's show, but there was one show where, you know, it, I think Corner of the Sky is one of the first songs I ever learned uh, as a musical theater artist. And there was one show that I skipped an entire verse. And, you know, I, whether it be adrenaline, whether it be excitement, and this was probably my junior year of college. So I was like, you know, with it and ready and I mean, arguably ready to jump into anything professional at that point, um, you know, hopefully, but I felt like, you know, I'm gonna give this good 
professional production level of Pippin and I skip a verse and I'm thinking, Oh my God, you know, and at the same rate, then I get up on the stage at, um, you know, the Pantages singing my Petersburg, a number that's already nerve wracking enough. Um, and then don't miss the verse. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think again, and even if I did, and there were, you know, a number of, mistakes, um, that, you know, happened, uh, dropped lines and little things. And there, you know, as much as Broadway and national tour, we try to do perfection, obviously every night, depending on what's on the page for the musical. Um, sometimes it doesn't always happen, uh, whether it be, you know, brain farts and everyone's human, that's the thing. And so it's like, you can't, um, give or put too much pressure on yourself, um, for, um, being perfect. But, uh, Thankfully, opening night at the Pantages went well. But again, it's like I learned from little things like missing the verse in Corner of the Sky in Pippin my junior year that um, I can carry through, you know, with me to later. Um, and then again, the big thing about tour as just a schedule is being able to, you know, maintain health, sleep, um, water. And that's the big thing about traveling is so typically we would be in cities for mostly just a week. Um, and tours, different tours vary. Um, ours was a CETA tour, which is again, just the contract that we have. It just stands for, um, basically a short engagement touring agreement. Um, and that typically entails sometimes just a week stay in certain cities. And, um, so we're doing eight shows a week. And then on Monday, which is supposed to be our day off is when we travel. <laughs> so we'll travel on that day off, um, and get to the next city, um, that day. And you have to, again, pick up the next day, Tuesday night and do another eight shows that week. Um, so in order to keep your health up and to keep your, you know, uh, brain going, it is very important to, again, drink lots of water and get your sleep and um, be prepared to, again, do the eight shows um, while also traveling. And I mean, the big thing also we had to keep in mind was different climates. We went from Los Angeles to, um, to Arizona, which I mean, Los Angeles has its own means of being dry, but Arizona, it was very dry. We had um, little tips and tricks of like what we had to do, um, <clears throat> namely putting a wet towel in the hotel. Granted, we stay in hotels most of the time. And that's also something to be adjusted to. It's like, you know, figuring out how to live in a hotel and travel with all your stuff, you know, things. I have here, <laughs> I have my little Anastasia, you know, trunks here that I, you basically keep your whole life in, um, for however long you're on tour. And so, but we put a little towel on, uh, the radiator in, um, in Arizona because then it releases moisture into the room. Um, and you know, that was again, just one tip and trick to keep your voice, you know, healthy and good to go for an eight show week, wherever you are. Um, and then even still, again, not being perfect, um, I was very sick in Canada. We were in Toronto for six weeks and I must have, uh, you know, picked up what may have been Corona at the time, uh, or, um, 
or just the flu, but I was very sick towards the end of Canada. And again, it's just, you know, uh, you had to figure it out and uh, keep going um, without obviously getting anyone else in danger. So I did sit out some shows to make sure that I could, um, <laughs> you know, get better and jump back in. Um, but I want to leave some time for questions, but I'm going to say two more minutes, three more minutes um, of just advice. Sort of, it is just like little advice that I can, I guess, impart on um, you guys, which is, I think the big thing for leading up into a profession or wanting to do this is just getting involved, getting practice. Um, I feel like the majority of the time when I was a kid, I was always either involved in a show or trying out for shows or, um, you know, working on monologues, little things like that, where I can just feel ready to, again, jump into a thing like Anastasia. And I think that was, you know, partly why I was like, okay, I'm ready. I've done something like this before, other than the schedule, which is, I think, the big difference from professional versus, you know, uh, childhood or, you know, adolescence. Um, and I think that was very, I was, I was very prepared. Um, so yeah, I think get involved as much as you can. Um, and that's the, um, big thing. And then in terms of really becoming more, I guess, serious, professional and ready for the real world, getting involved in sort of more larger steps like college programs, which then also leads to showcases. I also know college is very expensive. Um, and so there are many other ways to get involved, to get agents, um, being agent workshops. They have them in New York. They have them in Los Angeles. Um, there are musical theater agents in Los Angeles. There are, um, obviously musical theater agents in New York, um, and casting director workshops, casting director workshops also happen in Los Angeles and New York. Um, very pivotal to create relationships with these casting directors um, because they are the ones who pick up the phone to call you or your agents about the auditions that they have. Um, and that's really the first line of um, defense there. Um, casting networks, um, backstage, actors access, actors equity, if you are a part of the union um, and casting network. Um, these are all casting websites that post casting information. Uh, when a casting notice comes up, that is where they will be posted and um, you can sign up there. Um, in that, you want to be prepared for all of these, which will include, you know, headshots, resumes. These are things that, um, you know, casting directors like to have. Um, resumes just being your previous work, what you've done. Um, even if it is, you know, amateur theater, regional theater, um, it's still good to have it on there. Um, cause again, everything counts. Cause I think again, everything is practice. Everything is, you are out there, you are working on this stuff. Um, books, books are nice to have meaning, um, musical books, having little 16 to 32 bar cuts of your favorite musical theater songs that you can sing and, you know, kill and do whatever you got to do in an audition room with it. Um, having a good book is very helpful because when you walk into, you know, a New York city or, um, 
Los Angeles um, room, uh, you're able to, again, provide for whatever the casting director um, or the project needs. Um, yeah, and I think those are sort of the main preparations for those uh, auditions. Um, I mean, auditions vary from open calls to appointment calls. Open calls will be um, essentially, um, they'll post it on the casting networks and they'll say, show up at this certain time. There will also be a lot of people showing up at that time. Uh, but uh, you put your name down and you get seen uh, to sing. Again, your 16 to 32 bar cuts, sometimes less, depending on how many people are there. But um but it's pretty grueling in New York um, uh, in terms of getting up at three or 4 a.m. to put your name down on a list that you might never get seen for. Um, and I think that's sort of also the hard truth about New York and about things. It's not that as bad in Los Angeles, um, but uh, I think it's just very interesting, the, again, the different dynamics in each city. But, but yeah, those are sort of the main sort of things in terms of getting involved in uh, as much as you can. But leading up into like where you guys are now, I'm assuming most of you guys are around high school uh, age, um, if not younger, um, just getting involved as much as you can and getting, um, you know, again, as many performance experiences as you can. Um, I'd like to take the last, you know, seven or so minutes here if we can for questions if that's something that people have if they don't i can still keep talking uh, i can really i just i don't know but uh but if anyone has any questions please um you can either type it in the chat or um or you can just sort of raise your hand unmute i don't know how do we how do you want to do it tammy um well Isabel, uh, Isabel. isabella had emailed in a question so do you mm -hmm. want to go ahead and ask it isabella or do you want me to just read it I can ask it. Um, my question was, if there was something different, like starting off in your career, uh, what would you change, if anything? That's a good question. Um, I, I always try to live by the no regrets kind of thing. Um, I, when I was applying to colleges, I was really stuck between two programs being UCLA and um, Michigan, University of Michigan. And both of them are great musical theater programs. And I was really stuck between that decision for a long time. And there were days when I was at UCLA when I was like, oh, man, what would I, you know, whether it was a bad day or a good day, I'd be like, what would, what would I be doing at Michigan right now? Um, and what would I be learning um, and stuff like that? But I thought about that and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be learning what I'm supposed to be doing and, uh, you know, here and I'm, you know, that is how it's supposed to be. Um, likewise, I guess just going, jumping into career, it's like, I also went back with the decision, uh, back and forth with the decision of whether or not to go to Los, uh, go to New York right away after graduating UCLA or stay in Los Angeles for a little bit for film and TV stuff and, and Los Angeles theater stuff. Um, I ended up going to New York for the first couple, like two months. I was, I had really no auditions. I was like sitting here, not doing much. And I was like, oh man, like maybe I should have stayed in Los Angeles. And, uh, and then again, like superhero came up as an audition and, uh, and it happened. So 
No, I wish I learned. Oh yeah. I wish I had learned to dance better. <laughs> I wish I took dance classes. Please get in dance classes. If you're interested in musical theater, because wow, I wish I could dance. I really just cannot. Um, and I, again, studied it in college as much as possible, but not one of my strengths by any means. So that, question. Okay. There's a question in the chat from Anthony. Yes. Um, he's wondering how you learned that towel trick. How did I learn that towel trick? Um, that towel trick actually was told to me by the, um, the uh, I guess it was the production manager at uh, Anastasia. He sort of said like, guys, I've been here before because a lot of them have been doing a bunch of tours uh, prior. Um, so they're like, guys, I've seen this before. Everyone put a wet towel on your radiator. It will help. Um, so that's where I learned the towel trick, but now I always try to have a humidifier around. I also kept one in my dressing room. Um, cause that was, uh, again, in some of these cities, especially when it got colder in some of the cities that we were in, it was nice to have a humidifier and sort of, sort of some means of heat. Yeah. I have a question. And, uh, yes. Um, what encourages you to continue in theater like every day or continue to want to keep doing it? Um, that's a good question. I think I, I, as I'm sure a lot of you experienced the thrill of performing. I mean, it's something that again, started at age 10 when I did that first, uh, show in New York. I don't know if I talked about that show at all, but it was an off Broadway show, which was again, very exciting. Um, but it was a musical and I, and I was just so um, excited about that world and being on stage. And I think the exciting thing, particularly comparing it to film and TV is it's live, like we're doing it live. And it's, it's exciting to be there with the audience and to see their response and have their reaction. And I, you know, going city to city and all the doing the same show, it was so interesting to see how different cities responded to the show, how, um, you know, again, and also just doing a show for so long, it is some, it's a weird form of torture in a sense of like, you're saying the same words, making the same hand motions every day. And I think the beautiful, exciting thing about theater is like how you bring your life to that, even though you're saying the same words and doing the same thing every day for a long period of time, it's like, where can I find the fun today and the excitement today and the life today that I have currently? A great teacher taught me in, um, in college. Um, we would always come to class and she would be like, what's your willingness number today? And, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what if my willingness number today is zero? Like, what if I'm just not in, I show up to Anastasia and I'm just like, this is the last thing I want to do today. Um, and granted, you know, we're human. There are days that you're just like, I don't really, I don't feel great today. Um, whether it be, you know, personal or, or mental or whatever, it's like, sometimes you just don't feel great. And, um, and it's the, you know, the excitement I believe in theater is that we can still come together audience and, you know, performers and engage in this experience that even if I'm at a willingness number of zero, that we can still enjoy and come together and, um, and it really nine out of 10 times brings my willingness number up and the excitement up. So that's why I keep doing it. <laughs> Good. 
Go ahead. Dave. Yeah. So as somebody who entered the industry at a fairly young age, how did you keep yourself from getting overwhelmed by just like the competition and the atmosphere? Yeah, that's very important because again, nine out of 10 times in this business, you're going to hear no, um, which is hard, especially as a kid. And I think it could really, you know, take down someone's um, self-esteem. And, you know, I think it's very important to remember that you can't compare yourself to anyone else. Um, you are the only one that matters. I, not in like a, you know, selfish kind of uh, conceited way, but again, you can't compare your talent to anyone else's. And when you're going into these audition rooms, I mean, Anastasia, namely, like, there was a bunch of kids in the, the callback and we're all sitting in the same room in Telsey and Co's office. And I'm looking around and be like, what makes me the guy who's going to get this role? Um, and why should I? And even more so putting it, you know, uh, to when I was literally on stage at the Pantages, I'm like, there were people in the cast around me who were older and who were more experienced than I was um, as a performer or an actor or who had more credits or whatever that is, you know? Um, so why should I be the one who's leading the show right now? Um, as opposed to them who's playing my understudy. And I think, again, the big key is just giving yourself permission to, um, to do the work that you know how to do and do it to the best that you can at that time. And that is the best that you can do. And you, again, can't compare yourself to everyone else. I think what it has done, it has prepared me for more real life things, getting older, especially when I was younger hearing no so many times um, that, you know, life isn't always going to hand you things. And also you need to sort of smile in the, the face of adversity and uh, keep looking towards the next best thing, the next excitement the, and looking forward to uh, whatever project will be next once you do get that no and that you have to move on. Um, yeah, so I think it really built my character in terms of that going forward um, and just the mindset towards the business. And sort of, again, it works for anything in life. So it's not just, you know, entertainment industry. Nice. Um, Morgan has a question in the comments. Um, since yeah. you have such little rehearsal time, how do you find ways to connect with your fellow castmates and build those believable dynamics? That's a very good question. Um, I, uh, it was hard in the beginning because again, I was the only change in the cast. Everyone else had signed um, longer contracts after all being together for the first year of the tour. So they all have this history, these friendships, these hardships, these whatever. Um, so that was hard because I'm coming in here being like, hi guys, I'm the new guy, what's up? And granted there's a benefit to being the only new guy because everyone wanted to, you know, meet the new guy. Um, and, you know, obviously when that new guy is also leading, you know, the show and is a principal character, it's, uh, it's nice to get to know them because also they bring up a lot of the life of the show and, you know, are again, a significant part of the show. And it's very, you know, telling as an audience member, I believe, to watch a show and see the relationships built in to these characters. Um, I mean, particularly creating my relationship with Lila Coogan, which again, I fall in love with on stage every night. Um, 
we, we had to just take some time in terms of like getting to know each other, partly also just doing the show together every night. Um, but it's just a matter of like taking time and setting time aside for when you aren't working and aren't at work to like, Hey, you want to go get lunch? Do you want to, you know, just talk? Um, and again, build these relationships so that when we're on stage, and we have the, you know, the banter in the beginning of the show where we're, you know, yelling at each other a little bit and sort of playing fun. And uh, and then obviously fast forwarding to when we fall in love uh, towards the end. So I think it's it was very helpful sort of, again, taking that time aside. Me and Ed, me and Ed, who played Vlad, again, who we have this grand history in the show as Dimitri and Vlad, we would play tennis every week, depending on which city we were in, because he... Uh, he had toured before in uh, a bunch of shows, Phantom of the Opera and some others. Um, so he sort of knew these cities and he had all these tennis places that we uh, would take lessons together. We would play together. And um, so we created our you know relationship very well and very fast because we sort of bonded on that. Um, and little things like that, where again, you just, you eat, sleep and breathe with these people because especially in a tour situation, um, because you're traveling and doing everything with them. And so you create really strong relationships, which then obviously transfer to the stage. Jackie put a question in the chat. Um, what is a way that you think I can start auditioning for things? I live in Minnesota, so there's not big auditions and no films being made, no big musicals. So how do I get myself out there? Yeah, Minnesota is not New York or LA. And that's definitely, you know, um, those are just two cities that have major hubs of musical theater. However, there is always, no matter what city. And that was, I think, also part of the amazing thing of traveling to cities um, on tour is seeing these, you know, for lack of a better word, random towns and random cities. Um, I'm not saying Minnesota is one of a, a random, you know, uh, place, but, uh, but seeing these sort of, you know, less populated areas still have really strong appreciation and uh, theater base. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good one. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. I didn't know that they had so many, you know, theaters. And again, our theater was in, that we performed there was packed every night and they were so excited for us to be in town. That to say, Minnesota, as many, you know, as well as every other town across the country, I believe truly within your tri-state area has some kind of, theater base. And uh, again, like even the theaters that I named in Los Angeles, some of them are very small and, you know, family owned sometimes. And uh, they have a lot of those in smaller towns. And I just um, uh, definitely encourage you to like, just search like theater in your area, obviously not right now, but, um, but even now, and uh, I think what the exciting part and where, you know, theater has opened this whole new space of virtual and online and things. So no matter where you are, um, you can do theater, even if there really isn't a theater in your area. But again, I truly believe that no matter where you are, there is some kind of small regional theater. And again, even growing up on Long Island, um, yes, I had the city at my fingertips being, you know, only about a half hour outside of New York City. Um, but I did uh, the Cultural Arts Playhouse on Long Island was the where I did majority of my shows growing up. Um, 
And it's again, this small, like almost a room uh, where they do theater. And I did a bunch of shows there. And again, it was just the practice. Um, and again, if there's really nothing, looking up monologues on, on the internet and uh, just studying monologues, practicing them and saying them out loud. And again, learning songs. This is all work that you can do um, by yourself, even if there really is no um, theater opportunities in your area. Good points. Okay. Um, if you don't mind going over just a little bit, I was going to do a little speed round of questions for you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm here. Uh, All right. Um, Favorite snack. Favorite snack. Um, uh, man, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm not really like a snacker, but I love like chips. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, favorite audition song. Um, as cheesy as it is, Corner of the Sky from Pippin. I think it's a great song. That's legit. Uh, dream show to be in. Uh, definitely 10 out of 10 every time, Wicked. It's uh, really just on the, on the list of things to do. <laughs> okay. Um, what's in the special skills section of your resume? Spinning plates. Ooh. Yes. I love that one because <laughs> everybody has something odd. Yeah. And I actually got to do it in, uh, when I was, uh, you know, in the original off-Broadway show, the, uh, when I was 10, um, they had me spin plates in the show. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Last one. Funniest thing that ever happened on or backstage. Um, there was this time we got in trouble for, or I got in trouble for it. But, um, and again, this is like, you know, the bridge between we're all human, it's real life. And mm -hmm. yes, it is all very professional, but at the same time, we're having a good time. We're a bunch of theater nerds getting together to do theater. And that's the beautiful part. Um, but backstage, there's this time at the end of the show where um, I, I'm not on stage, but um, the Romanovs and the Russian sh soldiers are, um, or the, the rebels, I guess, are coming in contact. And so it's like the, the, the soldiers are aiming at the Romanov royal family. Um, and what's happening sort of on the foyer or the, you know, the main stage is um, Gleb and um, Anya or Anastasia having uh, their ordeal where, you know, he's about to kill her. I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen the story, but, um, but th that's sort of what's happening on the main, but in the back sort of behind a lot of things is that sort of the Romanoffs and the standoff between the Romanoffs and the soldiers. And um, I was always off stage because I have to go on pretty soon after that. And I'm behind the soldiers Faces. So the Romanoffs are facing me and they can see me, but I'm behind stage so the audience can't see me. So what I would do would be mouthing the words that Anya or Gleb are saying on stage. Um, and different departments started getting involved. We had the costume department and the wig department involved. I would come on in a full wig and dress sometimes and be behind the soldiers just being, you know, Anastasia. Um, this was to obviously make the Romanoffs on the other end, which again, also our friends and coworkers laugh. Um, 
this went on for a while and we, we sort of each week we would get more intricate um, with our costume design and wig design and have a great time with it. Um, our stage manager definitely shut it down um, after it got too intricate because too many people were involved. And, um, and again, it was, you know, uh, quote unquote, I guess you can say unprofessional. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but we all had a great time and it was all in good fun. And um, yeah, that was probably the silliest stuff we had going on backstage. That's great. That's the kind of stuff that builds those relationships that Morgan was talking about though. Exactly. And what, you know, really bridges the gap between like all the times that I had as a kid growing up doing theater of like, again, having fun with my castmates and um, where I guess it wasn't fully professional work at the time, but you know, even in the professional space and uh, the professional world, we can all still have a good time and, um, and still just, again, a bunch of theater nerds getting together to do some theater, which <laughs> is, you know, what I hope to keep doing. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much for doing this class for us. We really appreciate it. And I think it was, I don't know, what do you guys think? Was it pretty useful? Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah I would love to do more of these. I'm also now starting to get into doing like private lessons um, and like one-on-one uh, Zooms, if that's something that people are interested, particularly for, um, you know, college audition prep and just honestly mm -hmm. regular audition prep. Um, but add me on also just if you have more questions or anything, po you know, post this, definitely add me on Instagram. Uh, it's just official Jake Levy. Um, uh, Levy, L-E-V-Y. Um, and yeah, just uh, definitely reach out if you have any more questions or you think of a question tomorrow or whatever. And um, or if you're interested in, in privates or anything like that, I would definitely love to be able to do that for you guys. Thank you so much. I'm going to give a quick plug. Let me stop the recording here. Yeah. Uh...